Welcome everybody to Wellness Talk with Dr. K. I'm very excited to bring the first inaugural episode to you guys. And I'm going to be chatting with my good friend, Dr. James Martin from Dentist to Invest. Hi, James. How are you doing? I'm 10 out of 10, Lawrence. Thank you so much for having me, especially on the first episode. It's an absolute privilege. You're welcome, mate. Good to have you here. So, Thank you. My pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. Good stuff. All right. So we're going to jump straight in. What we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, the uh, questions through the lens of health, obviously, because this is wellness talk. Um, and so the question, first question I want to ask you is, do you have a morning routine that you follow? Absolutely. So yeah, morning routine is so important. And the reason is that's the thing that gets you energized to perform throughout the day. And I always find that if I don't go for a run first thing in the morning, my brain is not quite as energized as it could be. Maybe there's a little bit of fuzz in there. And that's what really sets things off for me. It's getting those endorphins flowing, getting them flowing through your brain. And I just find that I'm able to make decisions from a much higher place of energy throughout the day. And you know, even if I've got, here's the thing, even if you've got a day where something not that momentous has happened it's just the monotony the 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 chores that you have to do the routine things i still believe that if you can get up and do that that you can make the most out of those and you can find opportunities where you wouldn't have done otherwise all because you spent some time that 10 15 20 minutes investment depending on how long you run first thing in the morning so that you're able to play life from that level of energy and then as i say make decisions on days that you didn't even anticipate you had the opportunity to make something momentous, uh, a momentous thing that might have impact on your life forevermore. So it's just about maximizing your odds. And that's why for me, running 110%. After that, it's just about having a decent breakfast. I have oats every day, like every day, and I never get sick off them. And people can't quite believe their ears when I said that to them. And But that's been the case for about five years. And I don't know what to say on that one. I actually get excited to have my oats every morning, oats and blueberries. Yeah, which I just don't know what to say. I can understand the, the where they're coming from. I can definitely understand their point of view. But all I can say is that I absolutely love oats. And that's the first thing I do every day. Then after that, yeah, sorry. Me too. Love the oats and blueberries. It's my standard breakfast too. You know what? Here's here's as much variation as that practice has ever had in the past five years. Within the last three weeks, someone taught me that you can put the oats in the microwave. Okay. Now I didn't know it. It wasn't like the first time I'd ever witnessed someone doing this. I was familiar with the concept, but the, I suppose what I taught, what they taught me, or what I learned from them was just how much that adds to the flavor, just how much that makes them tastier because they're a little warmer. And I don't know, you can just feel the warmness sitting in your belly, it's lovely. And what I do as well, I am going back to what I do, which is the finance stuff that most people know me from. I realized that I was spending an insane amount of money on fresh berries for my oats every day. And it was three pounds 50 for some blueberries from centuries and flip me, it was adding up big time. And we're talking like, you know, four figures a year on berries. That's crazy, right? When I did the math, okay? That sounds insane. That sounds like it may not be possible. That was possible. That's what was happening, okay? And that's nuts, right? So I thought something had to change. So now I've got frozen berries instead. But the reason I'm telling everybody this story is because I'm linking it back to the hot porridge, which I now eat every morning. And what I've learned is because the porridge is hot, it doesn't matter if you remember to defrost your berries the night before, because you pop those suckers right in that hot porridge and then they're good to go. 
Top tip. Great. That's a very good tip. <laughs> yeah. See, it means you don't have to remember. And it, it actually means that the hotness is blended with a little bit of sharpness from the cold yeah. berries. It's quite yeah. nice. It works really well. It actually adds the flavor, I think. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Moving on to the next question. Um, what do you do to unwind or relax at the end of the day? So we've done the beginning of the day. Let's go to the end of the day. You know what? I find that because I love what I do so much that for me it's fun. I actually enjoy doing it. So most of, if I'm to tell you the truth on most of my evenings, I'm probably on the laptop doing something work-related or phone call or a Zoom or something until the very moment where I go to sleep most evenings and maybe people a lot of people would think that sounds a bit hardcore but i actually legitimately love this stuff like i really love doing it so for me it feels like fun it feels like i'm enjoying myself so for me there's almost no distinction between what most people would call work and me having to go to bed in the evening and the reason is that i can I, I actually enjoy it whilst i'm doing it so as i say it's fun so that is me unwinding i don't need to unwind because I'm not wound up in the first place so that makes sense but if I do find that I have a little bit of spare time what I will do is in the evening I read I read a book and this book will be mostly I rarely read fiction in fact when I say rarely I mean never I don't remember the last time I read a fiction book I read stuff I read stuff that's going to teach me things and for me most of those books are on finance and money I actually finished uh Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson recently, and it's not really on finance, it's more on running a business online. It taught me so much stuff, and I went out straight away and bought a second book, which the name escapes me. I think it's called, I'm not even gonna try to guess. It's on the way in the post. It's actually in the post room, but I can't get to it yeah. until the concierge arrives on Monday, so I'm eagerly anticipating that. So what I did yesterday was I picked up the personal MBA, yes. which I, I, I've made it about halfway and then I stopped reading it about right. nine months ago. And I thought, okay, let me pick this up and let me try to read it again. Oh, it's really tough going. I liked the first half of that book, but then it got really, now we're into the maths and stats and facts of running a business. And I know I probably should learn that, but I just really, really struggled to apply myself on that one. So I enjoy that. It's a good book. It's a good book. That would be what I would do in the evening. However, what I've learned to do recently is to ring fence sometime during the day to get some reading done because those are where you'll find those inspirational ideas that completely pivot the axis, the rudder of the steamship, which is your business. And then that means that you get that idea and that inspiration is gonna take you to the next level, but you don't know what you don't know. And that's why those 30 minutes are actually such a good investment not just in terms of educating yourself, but also from the point of view of the economics of your business, 110%. 30 minutes ring fenced every day, gold dust. At least 30 minutes, at least. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, great, thanks, James. Um, another question, was there a time that you sacrificed your health for work? And if so, what would you do differently now? Yes, definitely yes. And it's something that I do struggle with even to this day, compromising on sleep to get things done. I've become a lot better at being stern with, stern with myself and being efficient with my time. You know, there's a book that I always talk about and it's called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. And I yeah. gotta be really careful when I talk about this book 
because I'm going to start losing friends very shortly because I start going on, I go on so much about it. <laughs> and I'm sure they're probably it's a, it's a great that. Yeah. You recommended to me. It's, I read it. it's fantastic. I think I've gifted it to a few people already. So yeah, it's a fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's, it's so brilliant. And you know, if there's one book, like, I'm seriously really passionate about reading and encouraging others to read. When I hear that someone doesn't read, or doesn't and doesn't listen to audiobooks or anything like that. I, I I genuinely I I just want them to understand what they're missing out on because there's so many amazing books out there and amazing resources. Sometimes I read a book and it totally changes how I see my life, my perspective on everything, and my perspective on business. If you think about it like this, books are distilled knowledge. They're the distilled best lessons of somebody who's an expert in that field, or at least a good book is. Yeah. Now we can either spend a lifetime trying to learn that stuff or we can just hijack what this person has learned and learn it like that. And it's crazy. It's insane. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. But back to your question, which was about sacrificing health. Yes, it did happen. I was, it was actually the thing that made me realize that dentistry and dentistry invest were not going to work together. I had to pick one or the other. And for me, dentistry invest was so much more exciting. I was always going to go down that path and explore it at the very least. So what happened was I was working in clinic. This was about a year ago. This is when I left dentistry and to set the scene fully, we have to go back about three years. And I was at a period in my life. There was a lot of stuff going on, really stressful. And I I started getting GI symptoms uh, quite severely, spare everybody the details on those. And I went to the doctor and I said, I didn't know what the heck was wrong with me. You know, I was like, I'm getting this, this and this. I've had this for like three months now, you know, it's not not normal. The doctor said, right, okay, what we need to do is we're going to refer you to the whatever it's called for a colonoscopy. Yeah. So, you know, they got to, uh, you know, a scope effectively. And um, they that happened, and, and I have to praise the NHS because this happened over the course of about three, four weeks, really quickly, you know. And um, what that meant was that uh, they had told me that I had ulcerative colitis. That's what I learned on that day, which for anybody who doesn't know is a mild version of Crohn's. Now, for me, it only precipitates whenever I have go through insane periods of stress, I'm really busy, and I'm pushing myself way too hard. And I've learned that now it's like a, a lesson for me in my own mortality that I can't, there is an upper limit, you know? And I feel like sometimes younger people, young men and young women, they never know that threshold until they experience it. And that was my experience, you know? Cause you can just think, you just think to yourself, oh, I'll just push it as much as I can. I'm fine. Yeah. 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 And I learned big time that I had a limit, you know? But here's the thing, I don't look back on it begrudgingly. I don't look back on it with any sense of angst or anger because I had to learn that lesson at some point. If I wouldn't have learned it then, I would have learned it at some other point, right? So I realized, I was like, okay, James, you need to calm down. So they give me some treatments for it. Uh, They give me some medication and that resolved it. Now, well, actually, even though I said I learned my lesson then, I say that with a slight degree of irony because I still didn't take it seriously, okay? Because I thought that it was just a one-off, yeah? And then about a year later, no, 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 hang on. About a year ago, rather, which was two years after the original incident, um, I was in dentistry. I was trying to run Dentistry Invest. I was trying to run my course around the, the same time. And what happened was I began to get the symptoms again. Um, I began to put on loads of weight 
And again, I didn't really take it that seriously. I thought, okay, it'll, it'll pass, it'll pass. But this time I came back worse for worse than ever, right? And this culminated, okay, with me coming downstairs one day and I was so I was so dazed, so dizzy, felt so unwell that I went to the hospital because I didn't know what was wrong with me. And they put me in the hospital to give me this medication um, and it, it gave me some steroids and that seemed to calm it down for the moment. But the pain, the pain in your gut is just immense, you know? And that came about, it was just purely, purely stress-based, you know, no bacteria, no virus, nothing to do with that, no no pathogen as such, I suppose, uh, apart from the fact that I was just putting myself through so much work and I was getting very little sleep, I had a lot of stuff to deal with uh, and consider and work with. Um, and then basically I had some time out of work, I had like three weeks out of work in the end just while I recovered, I spent most of that in bed, I was too tired, uh, I couldn't really get out of bed. Um, I did enough just to keep Dentistry Invest just taking over in the meantime and I basically went to my work and I said listen it's just become clear to me that I can't do both of these I can't do I can't be here more than two three days a week which is what they were pushing me to do um, and run Dentistry Invest and they said James you know really if you can't work five days a week you're probably not the dentist for this practice and I said I'm really sorry my, my health comes first and this is what's happened and if I have to choose between Dentistry Invest and this you're making me choose I'm gonna to have to choose that and that was when we parted ways me and that dental practice but it was a lesson for me and I, I now know how that looks when that happens I feel like even though that did happen to me I feel like my threshold for being able to push myself is higher now than it was back then. I would be able to spot, spot the warning signs should it get close to that point and I would just turn it down a notch because I can't go back to that. And it's a total paradox, isn't it? You're trying to be productive, but you've been so overproductive that you've actually, yourself. what it's meant. Yeah, yeah you've, you've, you've incapacitated yourself effectively, you know? And what that meant was, what that means for me was that I couldn't do anything for about three weeks. So how it's it's certainly not let's look at it let's forget about the health thing let's look at it from a productive thing how can that yeah you've done yourself over you've overdone it and you made yourself unproductive so it's better to not push yourself it's better not try to squeeze those extra hours out at the end of the day yeah. uh if you're going to sacrifice three whole weeks at the end of it so it makes yeah. no damn sense and it, it taught me it taught me that actually if i'm going to do this and i'm going to allowing my health to take precedent even if you look at it purely from the point of view of a productivity perspective it's still the smartest thing to do and i learned a big lesson that day and i'll never I, I now know that it's always going to be there lurking because it's a chronic thing you know i always know that it's going to be there lurking and now i know that i have to manage it and take it seriously like i didn't before everybody learns the depth and the breadth of their own mortality with time and that was my lesson yeah that's well that uh, that segues nicely into the next question which is to deal with stress if you do have a particularly stressful situation how do you deal with it now that's a great question you know and it's interesting because it's always going to be horses for courses and what i mean by that is everybody's going to have their own individual individual coping mechanism yeah yeah here's a reframe here's a reframe that i really like okay if we think about it the thing about it is you know 
there's been times before where there's so much to do that I felt overwhelmed and I felt like, oh God, I've got all this stuff to do. Yeah. The thing about it is someone said something, <laughs> someone very smart, someone who I consider to be very clever and competent and he's a mentor as such to me without naming names. He said to me, James, you know, you feel like this. Yeah. yeah. But the reason, part of the reason that you feel like this is because you're trying to do everything all at once, right? Yeah. You have to accept that you're never going to be able to your bit what you do and what you can accomplish you can never it'll, it'll hit a certain point a hit a certain level of success that there'll just be too much to do all at once and you're stressing yourself because you're trying to do everything all at once you have to accept that 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 feeling that sensation that the reason that you're feeling that which is the fact that there's too much to do all at once you have to accept that that's a sign of success and it's now hit that level and you're never going to be able to conquer that okay you need to accept that and see it as part of the game okay you need to see it as part of what you do now and the second you see it that way you'll never have the same level of stress for it because you'll accept it because if you think about it you know when we have negative emotions Think about it like this, anger, rage, all of those things. It's because there's a mismatch between our internal version of reality and our external version. And we feel rage and frustration because we want to channel what's out here into what we expect is in here. But who's to say that this version of reality is necessarily correct? Yes. In fact, oftentimes, we, do you know what I mean? It's interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. And you can, you can, you're the total architect of your own version of reality inside your head. Right. You are the total flipping architect. You make up whatever you want, okay? You can believe you're going to be rich one day. You can believe you're going to be poor one day. It's a self-fulfilling thing. If you believe you're going to be poor, then that will probably mean that you're limited by that belief forever. If you believe that you're going to be rich, at least there's a chance that you might be because your actions will subtly manifest your thoughts, you know? Yeah. So flipping true, right? And I'm a huge, and I always thought mindset was a wishy-washy hippie word. Yeah, but it's massive. I believe in it with all my heart. Honestly, whatever you believe will manifest. And you might as well believe the positive outcome because at least there's a chance that it's going to happen that way. So that was the reframe that I needed to hear. And I needed to, that, that was a while ago, you know, and I've got so much more insight now as a human being. I've grown so much as a person now that that would never get on top of me like it did before but that was my moment where i realized that and you have to go through it to realize it and that was the that was the thing that i realized with time i was like jim stop projecting how you expect things to be into your head onto reality and expecting reality to conform okay because if you do do that you're actually never going to be successful beyond a certain point because you'll get too overwhelmed you'll either make yourself ill or push the eject button okay yeah yeah. yeah. So how do I cope now? Here's how I cope. Another reframe. When I feel, I still, I still get that sometimes, you know, not as bad, not as bad, a little bit. Now, some here, I, I actually, in a weird way, sometimes seek that feeling, okay, of overwhelm. Yeah. yeah. How crazy is that, right? How, how, how crazy <laughs> is that? First of all, that I do it. Yeah. 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 First of all, that I do it. Okay. And second of all, that I now think that way just shows you how you can hack your brain. And you yeah. know the reason why I do that? Because I know that it's making me a stronger person, right? Yes. One more saying that I love on that, okay? One more saying that I love, right? When you have problems, actually most of your problems are probably opportunities, if you think about it in another way. Because yeah. what are our problems, you know? There's too many messages coming in. There's too many people trying to contact us. There's too many people we have to look after and think about. 
Yeah. Something's happened in our business which didn't go exactly to plan, okay? Here's the thing. All of those people that are talking to us, they're opportunities to help people. They're opportunities to grow the business. Yeah. We had the business in the first place, even though things there's a hiccup somewhere along the line. That's the part we sh- the 99% is what we should be grateful for rather than the 1% that we're right. not so grateful for in that moment. Yeah, maybe we're yeah. resentful of, yeah? But our yeah. brains are so good at picking one thing you know, and just being excessively negative about it. That's a total delusion that most of us suffer from to a greater or lesser degree. When we recognize those delusions and someone points them out to us, then we're so much more powerful because that's the first thing that we need to do to overcome them. We need to identify them. Are you with me? Yeah. So you know what I do now? You know when I feel like that? I feel like that. I let, you know, I feel like that for about two seconds till I realize what's happening. And I say, listen, first of all, most of these opportunities, these problems are actually opportunities. And I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to wish that I have less opportunities. What I do want to wish for is broader shoulders, okay. so I can accept more opportunities. Yeah, fantastic, brilliant, love it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, thank you, James. Now, the next question uh, I want to ask you: What sport or physical activity do you do to keep yourself healthy? Mm. So, for me. Um, I don't think I mentioned on this podcast, but I have mentioned before, about three years ago, I had quite a horrendous football injury where I tore my ACL, really bad football tackle. So before that, I used to love playing football, only to a casual level, nothing too serious. Five-side football Thursday every week. It was fun. Um, I haven't played football since that day. Uh, that's a whole other story in itself. But um, I... Um, when I when I when I took when I I think I mentioned earlier when I went through that second phase of ulcerative colitis, my weight went way up through the roof, right. and that will be partly because weight gain is due to stress. So since then, I I've actually I've managed to get myself back down to a healthy weight, but I find that now in my my old age, my senescence of being thirty. Uh, I have to work way harder. <laughs> uh, I, I jest, I jest, I jest. Yeah, so I, I, I said that. Uh, hopefully, uh, no, I said that to get a slight reaction from probably people who are, have got a few years on me. So I am well aware that thirty is not old in the grand scheme of things. But what I have noticed is now that I've I've reached those years in my life, that I have to work way harder to keep the weight off in the gym. Yes. And what I found, uh, you have to work so much harder. So what I found is that you know about you know about four months ago, I was having a conversation with someone. It was it was just a bit of a jovial conversation, and he was saying, "Listen, James, all that diet stuff, all those things about food and what have you, and counting your carbs, it's all BS. Just go on the flipping treadmill and run, okay?" And I and okay. Now I'm not saying that that was the the yeah. most considerate thing to say. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying that that's what that individual that said. Is, so there's an old saying that you can't out train a bad diet. So fat loss is yeah. diet. Abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely, yeah. So this is well. This diet is important, you know. And absolutely. I, I would never, absolutely, I would never want to diminish the whole diet side of things. But that's what that individual said, and I was like, why? Why did you say that? You know, surely diet has some factor. And he was like, Nah, I eat whatever I want. But I started running like really heavily six months ago, like yeah. you know, loads and loads and loads in the gym, and the weight just fell off. And I thought, Okay, whilst I don't necessarily agree with everything that this individual said, 
there must be some credence to the running thing, yeah, because yeah. it's worked so well for him. And I always, I always do like I like to think that I don't go too OTT on the on the food stuff. And as you say, Lawrence, uh, you know, no amount of training can outdo a bad diet. And I like that saying as well. Abs are created in the kitchen. I haven't heard that one before. Um, but yeah, anyway. So yeah, just for the record, I don't necessarily agree with that person. Okay, but that's what they said. That's what they said, and it made me think actually that maybe this is where I need to look to take it to the next level. And sure enough, you know, when I got back on the treadmill, I'm actually hooked now. Honestly, I don't feel like my day has started right. until I've been for a run on the treadmill. It feels so good. It feels amazing. Honestly, fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So for me, to, long story short, run every day at least two k, at least two k a day. Uh, that's some, you know, on my the, the days that I'm not pushing myself too much, you know, just so that I can say that I've done something. Then probably the most I've ever ran is 5k. So it's not, it's certainly not breaking any marathon records or anything like that, you know. But it works for me. I'll run it at a decent pace as well, so that I get the, you know, get the get a bit sweaty, get the heart rate going, and then I find that that works for me and that keeps me fit and that keeps my heart rate at a decent level and keeps the weight off and then after that i lift weights lift weights three times a week as well and that's always worked for me yeah, yeah. that's always great. worked for me great that's that's enough of a vehicle that's enough of a vehicle for me to be a flipping iron man when i come home and when i'm working on the computer which yeah. i do for most of the day or taking zoom calls or phone calls or whatever it is that the day entails yeah oh that's fantastic good stuff cool. james thank you so much and uh really appreciate you being my first guest on the podcast and uh, yeah, I look forward to having you on again sometime. And thank you so much for giving me your time and on our maiden voyage here. Absolutely. First of many guests in the podcast, I have no doubt. Thanks so much for your time. And thanks for thinking of me, Lawrence. I hope that everybody who listened today was able to take something from my words and use those things, use those concepts to fashion them into something useful in your own health journey. Brilliant. Thank you so much, James. And thanks everyone for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Take care. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Yeah.